This is Jade. And this is Ashley. And, and this, this is Taste, Taste of Summer. Summer. You'll be sitting down with us once a week where we're going to take you to the local restaurants. You're going to find local cocktails, amazing food. We can't wait. It's going to be delicious, guys. You won't want to miss it. Hello, hello everyone. We are so excited to be with you all today on our very first ever episode of Taste of Summer. I'm joined by my co-host, Ashley. Hi, Jade. How's it going? Hi, it's going great. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be here too. And we have an awesome guest today. Incredible guest. And we wined and dined at Matucci's just last week. We sure did. And it was delicious. It was so fantastic. Yes. Loved it. So um, we want to welcome Sean Cronin here. Welcome. Welcome. How's it going? It's going really good. Thanks for having me on. Good. Awesome. Yeah. So um, when Jade and I went over to Matucci's, we sat down with um, Michael, who like runs your guys' media, and then we met Austin as well. And we got to taste all kinds of delicious food, drink so good. some delicious I drinks. I have some really good recommendations now, I feel like. Yes, absolutely. Yes. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, so we're super excited to sit down with you here today. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's exciting to be here. It's kind of fun to get out of the kitchen every now and then and kind of talk about what we're doing versus actually making it. So yeah, it's really cool. Awesome. Thanks for having me. That's yes, awesome. absolutely. And, you know, it's always awesome to support a local business. Yes. We love supporting local. That's why we're doing Taste of Summer. We want to highlight and showcase all of the new restaurants or maybe older restaurants that people maybe don't know about. And you were just telling us that Matucci's had actually originally opened 28 days before everything shut down, which is crazy. And we're so glad that you guys were able to reopen again and everyone's able to enjoy it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was definitely tricky. I mean, we opened up, like I said, 28 days before the first shutdown. Yeah. And Really what it did is just cause us to get really creative and try to figure out, okay, you know, we can't control this, right. so what can we do from here? And we, you know, switched our menus a lot, we changed our, our styles a lot, and we came up with a bunch of different experiments that we had to play with over the next year. And um, honestly, as bad as it got, it made us a lot stronger. And yeah. it, it made us really think on our feet and, and come up with some new food ideas because, okay, how do you preserve all of this produce that you have you know so all three restaurants had full walk-ins at the shutdown and oh so, my gosh you know we had all this dairy all this produce all these things that have a three or four day shelf life right and you just lost 80 percent of your sales so it gave us a chance to really get creative and uh learn some new techniques and to incorporate them on future menus that's awesome very very that. cool yeah love that so your chef and partner correct correct wonderful and so how did you get into this industry uh, honestly, I was working in a call center and I was fired from that job when I was 20 and just needed a job and a buddy of mine worked in a, a restaurant and said, hey, we need a dishwasher. And so I showed up at six in the morning and talked to the chef and hired me on as a dishwasher. And it's it's a super, it's a fun industry, but it's it's organized chaos at all times, you know, yeah. and, and I was kind of drawn to that and kind of looking around going, hey, what else can I learn? What else can I do? And just kind of kept moving around. and just kind of stuck with it and wow. ended up, you know, here on a podcast. So you worked your way up. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Jade, have you ever worked in a restaurant? Absolutely, I have. I worked when I was 15 at a place called Mazio's. And many of you may not know what that is. That may be an Oklahoma Midwestern thing because that's where I'm from. Um, but I, yeah, I would serve pizza and I would make the ranch dressing. 
which I know Dion's is the favorite here. Oh, yes. But my ranch dressing was pretty dang good. Well, awesome. I just want to say. Well, <laughs> maybe you need to start bottling it and get some competition, yeah, Dion's, get some competition for Dion's, right? competition for Dion's ranch. You already have the sponsor for the ranch. So That's right. Know. That's right. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sponsored by Jade's Ranch. Yeah, I love <laughs> it. That's perfect. That's amazing. So I had worked in restaurants, yes, too. you did, too. You yeah. were a server. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so it's definitely, like you said, organized chaos, yes. to 100%. say the least. Yep. Always interesting. Every day is different. Every day is totally different. Yes. And you probably saw like what goes on behind the scenes yeah that's like super organized chaos yeah and it it has to be because you i mean even if you have a well-drawn-out plan going into any day anything can go wrong anything could happen uh you know like a a pandemic you can have a pandemic happen (laughs) right you know and and we had designed this this really awesome big beautiful restaurant to seat you know all these people and all of a sudden we didn't use our dining room for three months and and it's just always thinking on your feet, and and that's what kind of makes it fun because you don't know what you're gonna, you know, have happen. When I go in today, I have no idea what's in store right. for me, and that's kind of the fun thing about it is that it's always something different, it's always something new, and the second you think you know what's going on, it it reminds you very quickly you don't. Yeah. Something that I think is interesting that I want to know is what is your process when it comes to being creative with dishes, when it comes to trying to create something new? What does that look like for you as a chef? I mean, honestly, it it needs to be organic. Um, I think sometimes when you sit down to write a menu and it's forced, you kind of get to a stopping point or you'll do something and then later on you'll you'll read it and go, well, that kind of sounds really boring. Right. Um, I think it's just... The, the thing about this industry is you're constantly learning, you're constantly reading, you're trying to figure out how to get better. Because no matter, you can spend 50, 60 years in this industry, you'll never be great at it. You right. know, I mean, there's always something new you can learn, something you, you can do better. And so whether it's just reading, you know, cookbooks that are coming out now or that are 80 years old, or, I mean, I've had, I've come up with dishes camping in the middle of nowhere with no signal, just cooking on like a disco on a campfire, basically. That's and, awesome. And so it's just... It's just kind of staying organic and constantly looking around at what you have in front of you. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, the fun thing is, like, you know, everyone has some of their favorite things, but you look at, like, some of the least favorite things that people use in the kitchen or what's trash traditionally, and mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, why are we throwing it away? Why do, why do we have to waste so much food? Like, what right. can we do with X, Y, or Z? And so yeah. sometimes, like, that necessity is a, is a way to come up with a new dish. That's really cool. So it's a lot of research, lot. discovering, kind of just trial and error. Right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Trial and error. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you have one great dish at any restaurant, there was about a thousand fails to get to that great dish. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Very Every now and then you get like a happy accident where it's like, oh, okay, cool. This, this worked first time. But mm-hmm. most of the time it's like, okay, that sucked. Okay, that didn't work. Right. Okay. And you just keep tweaking, keep improving on that. And even something that you think you're done with, you have to every now and then go back and revisit it and say, is it really done? Or yeah. can I actually make this better? Can we tweak this? Can we do, you know, and I mean, with the, with Matucci's, we've done that with a lot of our products, you know, I mean, our bread program alone, we're probably on our 12th recipe for sourdough bread and we've probably got another 50 to go until we're truly happy with it. Really? You know, and it's just constantly tweaking and constantly looking at like, okay, can we, you know, with, with our bolognese, we were happy with that until we found our own pork farmer and now we have a you know a guy named Tom Sackett grows or raises all the pigs for us and now our bolognese got that much better and we tried that yeah we did try that it was delicious so it's it's just kind of that process though it's kind of like paying attention to what's going on at all times and and being open-minded and constantly thinking you know what can be better now Mm -hmm. oh I love that so 
at your restaurant, what is like your idea of a perfect meal? Like, so if someone were to go to Matucci's, they hadn't mm-hmm. been there before, how would you guide them and walk them through? Ooh. This is how to really have the Matucci's experience. Yes, love that. So for me, like I'm a huge fan of any kind of charcuterie. Uh, my mom was actually born and raised in Germany. So like charcuterie kind of elements is more of a European thing. And so that's something we grew up with. That's mm-hmm. just like a big gathering. You just have a table full of charcuterie. And it was just a, like a all thing. the stuff. Oh, yeah. Love that. Just meat and, <laughs> yes. and bread and, and everything. And so to me, I would get, you know, one of the charcuterie boards and my, one of my favorite drinks, and most people give me crap at the restaurant, is an Aperol Spritz because mm. it's light, it's refreshing. You're not going to get too buzzed off of it unless you have a lot, which I've also done. Um, but the idea is it opens your palate. It opens up your taste buds. It opens up your, your appetite. And mm-hmm. so having that little bit of like the little salty, little fatty bits, a little bit of bread, and then the Aperol Spritz is like the perfect start of it. Um, and then honestly, you know, a lot of times you go to a restaurant, you know what you're going to eat. And I mean, I do the same thing. I go to restaurants. I always restaurants look and, at the menu you know, online first. Always, always check it out. And then, you know, always ask whoever's serving, like, hey, you know, what's the what's the next best thing? Because even though you have this thing, okay, I'm going to go in, I'm going to get the spaghetti meatballs. But your server could be like, uh, you know, that's good. But I just had this thing today and holy crap, it was amazing. Yeah, you know what, I'll try it. Mm-hmm. And, and just kind of keeping that, that, to me, that's the ultimate experience, is if you can go somewhere where you know what you like and what you want to get, but every now and then you can go outside of that box and you still enjoy it mm-hmm. and know that you can still go back to your comfort, that's the ultimate experience. Yeah. And then just end it all with an Amaro, because that's just the ultimate way to cap off any meal. Nice. What's that? What is that? Yeah. So Amaro is, it's a kind of almost like a liqueur, and they're hugely popular in Europe, and I think we have six or seven right now. And it's a slightly sweet, slightly bitter herbal liqueur, and there's different flavor profiles all over. Um, a really popular one that isn't—it's you know, don't look at this and go, okay, that's an amaro, but it would be like Jägermeister. Mm. Okay, it's technically an amaro. And before people were you know dumping Red Bull and Jaeger bombs, <laughs> I know that's what I was thinking. Was, I was like, I know, yes, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Flashbacks, yes, yeah. same. Well, <laughs> thankfully, I don't remember most of those nights. But, um, <laughs> Don't take that as like, okay, that's got to be tomorrow. But it's in that same kind of vein where there's a million different flavor profiles. But the idea is you eat this big meal. You know, you had your Aperol to start the meal. You started getting hungry off of that. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of it, you're like, oh, God, I need a wheelbarrow to get out of here. Yeah. You have that Amaro. You sip on it. You can shoot it. And you just all of a sudden your body's like, okay, I can get through this again. You know, and you're ready to go. So it kind of cleanses it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good way to, to it, it is, it's a cleanse. It's a digestive is what, you know, is what it's called in your That's cool. So. I feel like most people end with, like, coffee. Yeah. When, like, a dessert. So I, yeah. I like that. That's a different take on it and, and a good way to think about, like, our digestion. Yeah, and like yeah. <laughs> You know? Well, I mean, there's also, there's a place in uh, in Italy. It's a Livorno right on the port. And they have a drink where it's basically espresso mixed with their local Amaro. And it's oh, that sounds fantastic. great. Because then at that point you're like, you know, you got the little bit of buzz from the coffee, and your body's like getting helped out from the amaro, and you're just ready to go. Just ready to hang yeah. out with friends. Oh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> it's it's awesome. Yeah. Do you guys have that there? We we've done different variations of that one before. We haven't perfected it because the the amaro they use doesn't export anywhere. Got it's, it. It's kind of sad, but we do have a bunch of amaros. Um, I would say if you've never had one, we have one called Montenegro, which is going to be a little bit softer, a little bit sweeter, and it's a really good intro to mm. it where it's, there's still some bitterness to it, but it's not too aggressive. And it's so that way you kind of get an idea for that experience because, you know, when you leave a, a restaurant, you should be full, you should be satisfied, but you shouldn't be like dying. Mm-hmm. So by having <laughs> that little bit of Amaro, you get up and you're like, all right, cool, I'm good, I can do this. Yeah, that's, I have no self-control, so I'm that person Same. that's like, 
I can't leave. I'm yeah. so stuffed. <laughs> yeah, I think both of us had to be wheelbarrowed yeah. out of there afterwards. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was yeah, good amazing. Good. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. we needed you there to kind of, I guess, guide us through. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we sat down with Austin. Mm-hmm. Austin talked a little bit about the shrubs, and I think yeah. that would be an awesome thing to share with our listeners 100%. because that I had never had a shrub until... I went to Matucci's. Yeah. You had neither? No, me neither. Awesome. What did you think of them, Jade? I thought it was delicious. It was refreshing. Um, and we had the nickel gin in it, and it was delicious. Perfect yeah. compliment. It was so, so good. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, I mean, shrubs are, are kind of fun because it's, you know, before refrigeration, you had to figure out how to preserve what you have, right? And so the idea was you would take all your fruit and some vinegar and sugar, and you would preserve it in that. And when you needed a little bit of fruit in the wintertime, you would just pull some out of the vinegar and eat it. And it's how people would get through until spring, until you can grow more. And so it's something that Austin came up with, um, or at least brought to us. And um, it's basically a way to preserve all that. But now we just want the vinegar. So we're going to flavor that vinegar. And then we mix it with, you know, some kind of bubbles and uh, alcohol. And it's super light and refreshing. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of dangerous, actually, because you had two or three of them. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wow. Um, Definitely. But we actually uh, sell the shrub mix at uh, Albertsons, Total Wine, any of those. And we have recipes online, not just for cocktails, but for culinary purposes. Nice. Because you can take, let's say, the blackberry shrub, and you can turn that into a syrup for French toast or pancakes or waffles. Yum. You can take the strawberry basil shrub, and you can make a cocktail with it, but you can make a vinaigrette and then have, like, a really light salad with strawberries and smoked salmon. So they're super, super versatile. So, I mean... You can, like I said, you can get them also at Amazon, actually. You can buy them on Amazon. No yeah, Yeah, if you just look at uh, for Matucci's on Amazon, we're Big there. Amazon girl. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, you're like to know it. Yeah, I know, so exactly. Link it. Yeah. And, yeah. That's awesome. And then, like I said, we have, uh, Michael does a great job loading up videos and content so that, you know, you can get a, a cocktail mix and then take that same bottle of shrub and make lunch with it. Yeah, so super, we super heard about his YouTube videos. Like, yeah. he does, like, a whole process of showing you how he makes the shrubs no, and yeah. all of that. Yeah, Jade so and I cool. are going to go back and we're going to go behind make, the scenes. Yeah, we actually want to yeah. try and make them with him. Yes. All right, well, the next time we get 400 pounds of strawberries in, we'll, we'll let you know and you Perfect. can start chopping strawberries. That's what we had. Okay. We had the strawberry basil. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was so good. It was so, so, so good. good. You have to try that. Yeah. Absolutely. With the nickel gin. With the nickel gin. 110%. It just, yes. like, gave it a little bit of something extra. Mm-hmm. It's, like, so refreshing. And that's so the thing good. is it's, it's a cocktail, but it's not a spirit-forward one. It's something you can have on a patio. You can, you know, it's light, it's refreshing, and if it's 100 degrees outside... You could be sipping on this, and you, it feels great, and then when you stand up, and all of a sudden, it feels really great. <laughs> You're like, <Right>. whoa. <laughs> I'm 110% better. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. So on the menu, what is one of your favorite entrees, maybe, or maybe one of your favorite creations, even, yeah. that you put together? I mean, right now, I would say um, we have a prosciutto cotto tortelloni. Um, that's my personal favorite. So the prosciutto cotto is basically the same part of the leg that you would get from a prosciutto, but mm-hmm. instead of aging it, they pull the bone out, they rub it down with herbs, and we have our own herb mix. And this all happens from, like I said, Tom Sackett, our pork farmer, he raises the pig, and then they pull the bone out, and they roast off this ham, basically. So that's what prosciutto cotto is. It's where we got the idea for, like, a cooked ham. And uh, so we take that, we saute that up with sugar snap peas and uh, red onions, and then it's in a leek cream sauce, which was actually... It's kind of like a blend of like Mediterranean cuisine and a little bit of Persian cuisine, which mm. I mean, through trade routes, there was, you know, Italian has bits of North African influence. It has French and Austrian and German and Spanish. I mean, it's just this melting pot just from trade routes. So um, it has that uh, leek cream sauce. It does a five cheese tortelloni. And then we garnish with mint, basil and lemon zest. 
That sounds amazing. So it's it's a comfort food dish with the tortellonis and with the cooked ham, but it's super light, super refreshing. And yeah. we actually were running it as a vegetarian dish, and then we had a bunch of people saying, hey, you know, we want protein in it, so we put the koto in there. But if you're vegetarian, you can just get it without the ham, and it's phenomenal. It's still wow. a really great dish. And like I said, we added the, the, the koto in it, which is great, but it's not a, nece- not a necessity at all. Wow. And that's, that would be what my go-to is right now. Do you have a favorite ingredient that you're using right now? Oddly enough, right now would be probably parsley because oh, parsley. Interesting. It's one of those things that everyone just goes, okay, chuck it on a plate, and that's a garnish. Right. But it's got a great flavor. You can deep fry a parsley, and it's super nutty. And we used to do that for a duck set. You can saute it, and it's actually sauteed up with that tortelloni. And you can even just use it and just fold it into pasta, like a generous amount of it, and it adds so many nutty, like herbal, vegetal notes to dishes. But no one gives it any love or respect because it's that thing, you know, it's the same with mint. Mint's yeah. another one of my favorites where you see some it. crappy dessert and has mint leaf in it. Mm-hmm. Well, the mint's beautiful and it's great and it works great in savory applications also. Mm. And so just like fresh herbs in general, especially those ones that aren't looked at with as much love, those are some of the favorites for me to use because, like I said, there's great flavor. We've just kind of put them on the back burner because, you know, it was a crappy garnish at yeah. a restaurant. Wow, I love that. Yeah, that's, that's really fantastic. Cool. I I always like to try the parsley, so that's like a fun thing yeah. to like add in. It's super good for you so, too. Yeah. W- so when you fry it, do you use a specific kind of oil? What do you like to use? I mean, usually just a canola oil. Um, I mean, there's a lot of great oils as long as it's a high burning oil and super clean. Um, that's that's kind of the one we use. But and just know that when you put it in the fryer, it's gonna pop like popcorn. Mm. So I mean, careful Be if you're careful. doing it at home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thankfully, we have like the big fryer set up, so it's a lot easier at work. But I mean, you just throw it in the fryer 350 degrees, it'll pop, and then you'll see it get translucent and it'll look almost like glass. Mm-hmm. You pull it out, and you can just garnish any dish with that. Nice. You can put it on a salad, even, and it's beautiful because, like I said, it, it gets this almost nutty type flavor out of nowhere. Yum. Oh, that sounds delicious. I know, it really does. Yeah. Awesome. Give us some other tips and tricks yeah. that you have in the kitchen. I love these kind yeah, of tips, they're super helpful. Yeah. See, it's funny because like whenever because people ask us all the time, like, "Oh, give us some tips." And for us, it's like this is just our everyday, right? And then we're like, "Oh, that's a cool trick." Like, "Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I guess it was." <laughs> um, I mean, just in general, I think the biggest thing is just learning how to use a knife is like the biggest tip or trick because most people, you watch them use one and it's like terrifying. But mm-hmm. if if you can learn the proper way to do it, it opens up so many opportunities to cook at home. It's insane, and you just yeah, watch some right. YouTube videos on how to do it. And, and also, you end up with less, you know, ER visits. I've never that, thought to like go on YouTube and look up how to use yeah. a knife. <laughs> well, that's the thing is a lot of people when they cut, and I mean, I'm, I'm for years seen wait staff, you know, cutting like lemons or whatever, yes. and just the way they have their fingers out, and I'm walking by going, "Oh God, don't do that," you know. You're gonna hurt yourself. Yep. And also, it's one of those things that it it's kind of everything else in this industry. I mean. If it's a good tip or trick, it just means a lot of repetition, really. Mm-hmm. And so having something like that under your belt and really practicing it not only makes you more efficient but faster. And then once you have that foundation, then you can learn all the cool, crazy, awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something that's, you know, hard for people to do because you want to do the – you saw something on Food Network, you want to make that tonight. But it's also good to go back, learn some foundation, learn some fundamentals, and then you can be able to recreate that and chance start something better than you saw on TV. Yeah. That's so, a good point. So I, I believe you, you hold your fingernails. Yep. You do a claw oh. when you cut. When you cut. So it saves it. So if you were to slip, it's going to hit your nail. And li- well, and the thing is, it, you actually have the blade of the knife against your fingers the whole time. Interesting. Oh. And so, I mean, you'll see someone who's been doing this for way too long, and they'll be sitting there having a conversation, looking off to the side, chopping at 100 miles an hour, not looking at what they're doing. 
Uh -huh. you need to, I mean, it's all muscle memory and your hand knows where the knife is and that's more important than you looking at it. Because mm -hmm. then you start, you're looking at what you're doing and you're overthinking it and then you start thinking about, okay, what happened at the office today? And then you start to get distracted and then all of a sudden, out. Whereas if you're doing that proper technique, you can Not be doing whatever. Yeah, it's just, and, and that's like, to me, like I said, the biggest tip or trick is like, is really take the time to learn something that simple. Right. And it's going to take time because it's really awkward when you hold, you know, you're holding like an onion or an right. apple and you feel all goofy. But the, as, as you're learning to do that, you can really get better at cooking just because you have that foundation. And then right. if you start with an onion, you can cut a potato the same way and make, you know, diced potatoes. You can cut an apple the same way for a salad. And, and it's just kind of the options are limitless at that point. Yeah, really cool. I, I love cutting fruit and vegetables. I don't yeah. know why. I find it very satisfying. Oh, yeah. yeah, it is. And like try to get that like symmetry. When you do it perfectly. Yeah. You're yes. like, yes, this is great. It's so good. <laughs> so yeah, take us a little bit to the boards because you guys, it, it's not like you just purchase items right. and you guys throw them on a plate. You really put a lot of your own personal effort into things. So will you take us a little bit through the bread, through the jams, yeah. um, through the sausages as well? Because I think that that's so cool that you guys do so much of your own stuff. Well, that's kind of the goal. The goal is to eventually make everything that we can make. And if we can't make it currently, just to buy the best that we can. Um, all of our breads, like, and that's kind of, the breads are like a fun project for me um, and something that I'm not as involved with in the last year and a half or pandemic or so, um, but been involved with for a lot of it. And we don't use commercial yeast in any of our breads, any of our pizza doughs. They're all naturally fermented. It takes, I mean, if you get a piece of a loaf of bread in Albertsons mm -hmm. right now, it took three days to make that loaf of bread. If you eat a pizza, it took three days to eat that pizza. And by doing that and letting fermentation rise the bread, instead of just doing quick yeast, it's mm -hmm. actually healthier for you. Interesting. Because you're eating something that's already partially broken down and it's just better for gut health and it's it's a way to reduce allergies in this country, really. Yeah, yeah I don't know if you remember, Jade, Michael mentioned that, the people that yeah. have gluten intolerance. They can actually eat their bread. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, there's a lot of people that, that think they're gluten intolerant, but it's usually a yeast sensitivity. Because after post-World War II, we were just dumping crap ton of yeast in so you can have bread in an hour and a half. Gotcha. And you're not supposed to have bread in an hour and a half. You know, it's right. supposed to take some time. And so by dumping all that in, yeast is actually not really good for your digestive system. So yeah. a lot of people get that sensitivity because your body's trying to break that down first and then break down the sugars. And so by omitting that completely, it's just a way to hopefully start getting back to when, you know, time we didn't have as many allergies and as many sensitivities. And it's, and also, I mean, honestly, we just like the taste of it better in general. Yeah. I mean, if it's, you know, it's like, think about like crock pot cooking, right? It's low and slow and you pull something out of a crock pot and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with this bread is it took three days, but the flavor is that much better. And do you guys so, sell your bread? Yes. You do. So we sell the bread at any of the three locations and currently at uh, all Albertsons in, uh, in Albuquerque. Awesome. Very awesome. I'm definitely going to go get some. Yeah. yeah it was so good. It was delicious. We had that and we had the wheat as well. Yes. Right? That's so you guys do favorite. your wheat yeah. as well? We yeah. Wheat, that's yeah. my favorite. Um, the, the wheat flour actually comes from Southern Colorado. They do a really, really good job milling up there. Um, and yeah, that wheat bread's my favorite one that we do. I mean, you just put that on like a grill or a cast iron griddle or... You know, just that, a little bit of butter and salt, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Like for some grilled cheese. Oh, that oh, would yeah. be so good. It makes an awesome grilled cheese. Yeah. Yes. So we have the, the bread on the board. Um, we usually put either, so we did do different chutneys or jams. Sometimes we'll take the fruit from the shrubs, because now you have all this fruit, and then we'll make, you know, a jam with that. And so right now, uh, we're doing a smoked blueberry shrub jam. Um, and it's just the idea is it's a little acidic, a little sweet, and it's going to counteract any of the fatty or salty things that are on that board. 
That's know, what we had. Yeah. We had the family board with yes. the that blueberry. It yeah. was so good. Put it on the sourdough. Did you try the colonata butter? Yes. What'd you oh, think? Oh my goodness. It was so good. It was like garlicky and oh it was it so, was great. It was very rich. Very super rich. rich. Yeah. And that was born like so in the super poor part of Italy where all the world's best marble comes from. I mean, you have this insanely expensive marble, but the money's not going to the town. So these people have to figure out how to really make the best out of nothing. And right. so they came up with a semi-cured spreadable pork fat. And a lot of times if you cure pork fat, there are ways to convert bad cholesterol to good. Mm-hmm. And in really good age cured, it's called lardo, is like the harder version of it. It's mm-hmm. healthier than butter. Mm-hmm. And Interesting. It's, it's also just, it's good calories. It's good cholesterol. And so... I liken the colonata butter almost like a PB&J thing where you get, like, your bread, you spread your colonata butter, and then your smoked jam on it, mm-hmm. and it's the best PB&J you've ever had, basically, at that point. That sounds really good. That sounds amazing. That's you should have brought us food. Um, Seriously. That, I thought we were going after this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, perfect. I mean, it's going to be lunchtime after yeah, this, for sure. The shrubs for us, so. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, and then, so tell us a little bit more about the jams. So the jams in general, we also have another one. It's the uh, uh, caramelized onion mustarda. It's a huge favorite for a lot of people at the restaurant. Uh, that's another old technique of preserving fruit where you would take like a syrupy chutney mix. And at the end of the year, you would throw in, you know, pears and cherries and apricots or whatever fruit you had so it wouldn't go bad. Mm-hmm. And we met, we've made hundreds of different mustardas, different fruits and veggies. And we found out one with caramelized onions is just the one that blows everyone away. And it's super easy, super simple. It's actually vegan, but it's got this umami factor. And most people think it's fig, and it's mm. just very straightforward, but it's just caramelized onions reduced to a jam-like texture. Wow. And that kind of helps counteract the fatty and the salty of, like, like prosciutto or a salami or the house capicola or any of that. Yeah. I feel like everything was so meticulously put together on that board. Like everything went together perfectly, like the olives and the bread, the jams, like everything. I love that you guys put so much, um, like almost like heart and soul into it. You know what I mean? That's kind of what it's about. Like like I said earlier, that's an evolving process. We're actually going to be tweaking the boards coming up, you know, spoiler alert, uh, here in a few weeks. (laughs) Nice. You heard it here. We have to go back. Yeah. Yes. Oh, twist our arms. Oh, poor us. But that's just the whole thing is like, you know, we'll be eating something and it's constantly like, okay, how do we make this better? And the same with the boards, you know, it's like, well, let's keep tweaking this and how do we add this on? And then when we had some of the colonata butter in Italy, it was like, holy crap, we got to figure this out. And that's so cool that you guys went to Italy and did that and brought it back to Albuquerque. You know what I mean? Like, that's so cool. Well, because we, I mean, if we're going to do Italian, we have to see how it's actually done. Absolutely. There's a lot of, you know, Italian restaurants, a lot of Italian-American restaurants, but like, what are people in Italy making? And it's different from town to town. You drive five minutes and what they call something is vastly different over here. And so it's kind of cool to see how hyper-local they are in the fact that, like, a bolognese here is vastly different than five minutes down the road. Mm-hmm. A capicola here is vastly different than ten minutes over here. And yeah. so seeing that culture was really, really cool and gave us a lot of inspiration. That's awesome. I know another thing that we found out when we were at Matucci's was that you guys have your own wine. Yes. Which is amazing. Yes. Talk so a little bit more about that's that. That's something uh, that John's been working on for a while. Um, and basically the idea was... We wanted just to have, you know, enlighten the experience or enhance the experience. And so he was able to get uh, through kind of a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend kind of deal. Um, found some really great juice out in uh, Napa Valley. And, uh, you know, we did a tasting on it and, and 
were able to, to buy a good amount of it and get it bottled with our label. So we're the only ones with that wine now. That's awesome. And that's kind of the cool thing about that program because when that runs out, we have to do it again. And so it's constantly, you know, trying to, you know, have this have the wine at all times, but that's going to change and develop and, and evolve. And the same with we have our own Maker's Mark barrel. You know, that's something that a couple partners went out to uh, Maker's Mark and tasted and did a custom barrel. And as that runs out, do it again. And hopefully I'm on that trip, you know. But um, I know. I'm like, it seriously? talks about a horrible day at the yeah. office. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. goodness. <laughs> that's so, so cool. Yeah. And I love that you were able to go in and experience that and, like, bring it back to us. Like Jade said, that's fantastic. So cool. Um, so you've taken us through the drinks. You've taken mm-hmm. us through the apps, through the entrees. Um, dessert. I mean, to me, the easy one is gelato. Um, so we contracted with Rasband Creamery, and we get and, and the idea is with any good gelato, um, which is kind of like an ice cream, but just it's a little bit denser than a traditional ice cream. I think a little bit better. The, the it's all about quality of ingredient, and so by partnering with Rasband, when we order it, they, that's when they milk the cows, and so we get the freshest cream, freshest milk we can get, and our, we have a phenomenal pastry chef. Um, Brianna Dennis and she comes up with all these different flavors and it's just whatever she's feeling and we've had she did an Irish car bomb one for Patrick's Day that literally tasted like an Irish car bomb in a gelato and it was insane and you know even just from like just chocolate mixes and right now actually we had over the weekend we had a steel bender stout chocolate brownie gelato wow you know and so we're trying to partner with more and more local places to create these products with the freshest thing that we can find we had so the salted the caramel. With the salted caramel, yeah. That was so good. Yeah. And did we do a strawberry lemonade? Strawberry or is that lemonade one that sorbet. sounds that right? One, yeah. Okay. So good. Oh, and the cookies. Yes. <gasps> and the lemon cookies. And we, I mean, and all that stuff, I mean, you can get a pint of gelato and a package of lemon ricotta cookies and take it home even. And that's, that's the best part about it is after you're done with your meal, if you're like, oh, I don't feel like dessert, you can take that home. And then 11 o'clock that night when you're like, uh, yeah, I need something sweet, you can go to your freezer that's and get a, a pint of gelato there. It's a great idea. Yeah, it was phenomenal. It's <laughs> so good. So it's making good. me hungry just I talking know, about seriously. it again. And I think we tried the um, lobster ravioli. Oh, yeah. That was delish, too. Yeah, that was so, so that, rich. I mean, that's so one of the, uh, yeah, super rich. It has a little bit of tomato in there for acidity to kind of help break it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we make the raviolis in-house. And, uh, I mean, most of our pastas, I'd say about 90% of them right now are made in-house. And just 25 alone goes through about 700 pounds of pasta a week. Oh, my gosh. And, we, and all three <laughs> locations are doing pastas. So it's it's we got a really good team over there like that's able to make all those raviolis by uh, from scratch. That's incredible. I love it. Well, it's one o'clock, so it's time to draw our winner. And so one person who is listening, or if you're not listening, we'll still contact you, (laughs) will win a $50 gift card to Matucci's. All right. Sean, do you want to open that up and see who our winner is? Do we see? Yep. Not sure how to pronounce. Oh, Jacqueline Smith. Jacqueline. Jacqueline Smith. Jackie Smith. We will contact you. Congratulations. You won a $50 gift card to Matucci's. You're going to love it. It's going to be delicious. So good. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much, Sean. Thank you. Appreciate you being on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you so much for tuning in today for Taste of Summer. Um, I'm Ashley. And I'm Jade. And we will see you guys, or I guess you'll hear us next week. Next week. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks.